Hello and welcome to the Neurodivergent Awakening podcast, where I'll be documenting my journey on finding my most authentic neurodivergent self, navigating parenting a neurodivergent child, and discussing issues that affect us neurodivergent people. I have made it my mission in life to educate those who don't understand neurodivergence, making the world a more kinder and accepting world for neurodivergent people, and help as many families as I can. Whether you are autistic, ADHD, neurodivergent anyway, your loved one is neurodivergent, your child is neurodivergent, or maybe you're just here to learn. Thank you for being here today, and I really hope you find this podcast helpful. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Awakening with me, your host, who has been absolutely inundated this week with such lovely messages from you all who are really, really happy about the um, EHCP news we got last week. I still don't feel like I've quite (laughs) processed it and I don't know if this is like a neurodivergent thing or not but um, I often find it really hard to celebrate things like I find it hard to really capture that kind of moment and be like really really happy about something because I always feel like I'm looking out for the next thing and it's like oh okay that's done now on to something else and um I do kind of feel like that with this, like I did have a little happy cry and I was like, oh, brilliant. And, you know, and that was fine. But, um, and everyone in my family was really pleased. But yeah, I don't know if I've celebrated it properly. <laughs> I mean, we went to Legoland on the Saturday, so maybe that counts. But yeah, I just um, don't know. It's just that I've been thinking about this week. I'm like, oh, have I really celebrated that? And then someone else messaged me and was like, oh, you've been doing this for a year. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been podcasting for a year and I've actually stuck to it haven't marked it at all, <laughs> just haven't marked it, so, you know, welcome to my brain. Um, so, this week is kind of carrying on from last week's theme, so I had done a little Q&A box, and obviously people had sent me questions over on Insta, I mean, you can ask me questions whenever you like, but it was just a Q&A box, and there was another question that came up that had a lot of interest, and I was actually quite surprised at the amount of interest this question had. Uh, But also, we've had the premiere of the Barbie movie (laughs) coming out in the UK. And I'm not sponsored by the Barbie movie or anything like that. But, um, I mean, I wish. But um, the Barbie film coming out and seeing the premiere and seeing, like, the hyper-femininity. And, like, now Barbie's kind of gone from this problematic, you know, impossible standards of beauty airhead to now being, like, an absolute feminist icon. Like, I'm loving it. I was a Barbie girl growing up, okay? I loved Barbies. And something I've been thinking about on that is, actually, if we look at hyper-femininity, so being incredibly feminine, how does that impact autistic women in particular? Because often what can happen is the traits that autistic women have in particular are often just kind of written off as like ultra feminine traits if you think about a lot of the most common special interests among like young autistic girls it'll be things like barbies ponies collecting often autistic girls are you know very interested in art and coloring and that kind of thing and they're quite happy to do calmer quieter activities obviously i'm really over generalizing here and not every girl is going to be like this, and not every boy is going to be more outwardly, but the issues are that boys are always kind of encouraged 
on a society level to be outwardly, to be um, authoritative and to be loud and to say what they want to say. And even down to like children's clothing, like boys will have jobs on their tops. It'll be like firemen, policemen, construction, dinosaur, rah, be loud, be big. Whereas girls, it's like, oh, I'm a little pretty bunny or I'm a little pretty princess or whatever. And it's just crazy that we put these ideas into children's heads from such a young age. And especially when it comes to autism in particular, because girls are so often encouraged to be, well, children in general are so often encouraged to be, you know, oh, be quiet, be docile, la, la, la. Autistic girls tend to fit into that mould a lot easier. And they tend to kind of just like not be a problem in a classroom perspective and kind of get written off. And yeah, I just find that quite an interesting topic. So I thought you might enjoy it <laughs> if I talk about it. Um, so someone was asking me about whether or not now I'm able to kind of unmask a bit more and I'm living a much more authentic life. Whether or not I still gravitate towards things like makeup and kind of fitting into this kind of ultra feminine um kind of view of beauty and I think it's really um subjective obviously like everyone's really different obviously beauty in the eye of the beholder and all that like everyone has different things that they find attractive but I would say definitely when I was younger and I think some of this comes with age I think some of this comes with being like an insecure you know 14 15 16 year old I was just having a conversation with someone who's coming on the podcast next week and we were saying you know growing up you don't want to be different you don't want to be viewed as different to everyone else like you know do kids need to know that they're different and that kind of thing and I'm very much of the opinion that we do need to let kids know and we do need to empower people with information however I can remember being 13 and I just wanted to fit in (laughs) like you know I just wanted to fit in and be the same as everyone else so you know a a big way that I did that and a big way that I masked was focusing on my appearance and you know I realized that the prettier I looked and especially as I got older you know if I looked pretty and the more attractive I was like generally to other people the more that my traits were accepted. And we talk about, there's often a thing, especially more on TikTok, where we talk about, like, manic pixie dream girls. Um, There's a film called 500 Days of Summer, and Zoe Duchanel is the girl in it, and she's seen as, like, this unattainable manic pixie dream girl. And she does a lot of autistic things. She's a very autistic-coded character, and so is her character, a new girl, actually. And... Yeah, she's written off as quirky because she's beautiful and she's um kind of what's the word for it? Like the standard kind of beauty, like she meets the beauty standard, and it's kind of written off as quirky. Whereas if someone is a bit more unusual looking or um they're seen as like they don't fit that standard, like that beauty standard, it's like oh they're weird, you know. And it was something I didn't realise until I got a bit older. So, yeah, I did used to heavily, you know, wear a lot of makeup. And to be honest, you know, they were like, do you still do that now? And to a degree, I think I still do. And again, with age, and obviously I'm a parent, you know, my hair isn't going to look perfect every day. Like, I'm not always going to wear makeup like 
the day that question was asked to me, I was actually sat in a calf, not wearing makeup, doing work. Um, today I've woke up and I feel a bit rubbish and I feel a bit bloated and I'm a bit like, oh, like not feeling my best. So I did put some makeup on to make myself feel better. And I think for me, when you are in that kind of ultra feminine, um, when you embody that, it is a lot harder for people to look at you and think, oh, actually, you know, you're behaving this way because you're autistic rather than just writing you off. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been written off as like a ditzy blonde, like I was blonde when I was younger. And it was always, oh, you know, I remember someone said to me once, they were like, oh, you're really intelligent, but like your personality is really stupid. <laughs> and it was where I kind of had this ditzy blonde persona where it wasn't that it was, you know, forgetful because of ADHD and, you know, not understanding social cues because I'm autistic and... Yeah, it's just really, really interesting how many women probably get missed off because they're, you know, they meet this stand beauty standard and it's almost like they call it like a pretty privilege. Like they almost get away with being autistic and being quirky because they're pretty and because they meet this like standard out there. Um, so I'd love to know your thoughts on this <laughs> because... Yeah, I I do think I look back and, you know, my special interests were really girly things. And obviously I was diagnosed, but like I never got picked on for my special interests. Whereas if my special interests had been, I don't know, like Anne Boleyn, um, I might have got bullied for that. Do you know what I mean? And actually there were times that, you know, I remember I got really into um, Powerpuff Girls. I must have been about seven so I was the right age for it. And I just remember, like, the other kids were just like, okay, you're really into this cartoon, like, a bit too much. And I didn't know what special interest was. And it was just, oh, like, you know, I like, my mum used to call it obsession. She was like, oh, you get really obsessed with things. And I really do wonder how many women, and I think this is a big reason why so many young women and girls get missed off, because they're not doing the stereotypical thing, um that you expect to see in autism in particular. And I think it's the same with ADHD, in all honesty. Again, conversation we just had, really for a lot of women, they tend to be the inattentive ADHD type rather than the hyperactive. And because we say ADHD, obviously the H stands for hyperactivity, we're expecting someone who's ADHD to be bouncing off the walls. I knew one person growing up who had ADHD who was a girl, who was in my year at school, and I remember the day that she was like, oh, yeah, I have ADHD. We was all like, what? Because she wasn't hyperactive. And we were like, no, can't see that. And we completely and utterly probably invalidated her, done the thing that, you know, I say not to do. Um, because it didn't look like what we perceived to be ADHD. ADHD was the naughty boy that was running around, jumping off the desks. And actually a lot of the time it comes from inattentiveness and for girls it tends to be very very internal and you know sometimes with women and I think all women do this regardless of neurotype it's very easy to build a camouflage and build a whole persona around your appearance because so much of our worth as women regardless of your age jet like you know age or sexuality whatever is built around how we look and our worth in the world and our value in the world is built around that and I see so many like you know if you look at 
influencers, if you look at the people who are really making strides, even in, you know, autism online, a lot of them are, you know, they meet the beauty standard. And it's almost like a trap because you end up having to, like, meet this thing to get your point across. And it is really, really hard. And I think I'm somewhere in the middle, personally. I think where... um. As I've gotten older, as I've become a parent, those things, and I gained quite a bit of weight after having my son, I still haven't, you know, lost it all, and I don't know if I ever will. And as soon as you stop being that standard, like as soon as I was no longer a size 10, I'm now like a 16, you notice the way the world like treats you differently as well. And in so many ways, I'm actually invisible which in a way is a bit like, oh, okay, you know, it takes you a bit to get your head around that. But in other ways, it's very freeing. And actually, I can have conversations with people that aren't revolved around my appearance. And, you know, I can have days where I just think I'll sod it, throw on a pair of leggings and a jumper and have my hair in a bun. The world isn't going to fall apart. And I think because I'd built my mask based on that kind of person who would always have perfect hair, perfect makeup. Obviously, my job was in beauty for a long time as well. So how good I was at my job was, you know, the better I looked, the more makeup I would sell, you know. So trying to really break that down in this process has been really interesting. And it's very freeing in a lot of ways. And in a way, it's quite scary. But I think there's always going to be a part of me because of like the job I did and you know how my life's been that will always go back to that and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I don't think it's a bad thing to you know use a bit of makeup to make yourself feel better or put on a really great outfit to make yourself feel better and you know there's a lot to be said for um, dopamine dressing and kind of finding a style and you know, wearing bright colours to kind of raise your serotonin levels. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. So, you know, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh God, like I still do that, that makes me a bad person. No, it doesn't. And I think everyone leans towards these things to um, feel better about themselves as women. And, you know, we're still very much like, I don't know about anyone else. I was brought up in the 90s and the early 2000s. And we were told that, like, Drew Barrymore and Kate Winslet were fat. Like, growing up, they were the fat ones, which is mental. Absolutely crazy, crazy mental. Both absolutely beautiful women. So it's just... It, that That's a big part of it as well. When you grow up in that environment, like, it's really nice, actually, seeing the later generations coming through because now diversity is almost something that's, like, really wanted and features that, you know, we were told were unattractive are now being celebrated, like even down to like noses, like I've got, you know, I've got Jewish heritage, like I've got, you know, a big nose and I've got like almost like a bit of a Roman nose and I've always hated it and now it's almost becoming trendy <laughs> to have my kind of nose and it's like, oh, okay. And it's something that's almost like sought after to have like unique features, which I absolutely love. So I think, you know, this is a lot bigger than just neurodiversity, but I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of women out there who are neurodivergent who almost get told they're not because they're attractive. Like, I've been told, oh, you're too pretty. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, so, yeah, that will probably be a part of your process if you are that type of person. If you are someone that's been ultra-feminine, 
and you're trying to wrap your head around the fact that hang on I'm autistic and that tends to be viewed in a very different way it's very possible and there's quite a lot of women who fall into the other category where they've always been ultra feminine and then they start working out this is who they are and then sometimes they change and sometimes they stay the same and that's all okay um so I'm gonna wrap it up here sorry this is one of my shorter episodes but I've got a long one coming next week so I'll make it up to you but it was just I had a few people wanting me to talk about this and yeah there wasn't really much more I could add to it than that (laughs) but you know that's just my thoughts on it and again this is something you can go through obviously there are men that go through this as well but and I think it could be the same thing where you get quite a lot of men who are seen as feminine almost um like men that have a lot of feminine energy or men who you know they aren't that kind of brash authoritative loud kind of guy again it's the same kind of thing it's like what do you mean like you don't fall into that category it can happen for that too so I'm sorry this episode doesn't have the most inclusive language I've tried but obviously I'm talking about more of like a female feminine experience but you can experience that regardless of your gender so yeah gonna wrap it up there what do I need to talk about not a lot really still got my patreon if you want to join that please do um send reform all those that are part of send reform do keep an eye on my instagram because I've got an announcement coming in the next couple of days and something that I'm doing with send reform so keep your eyes on that um patreon is like I say still going and I've got some exclusive content going up at the end of this week so if you would like to come over and see exclusive content that is the place to have it and you can meet other people that are in the same boat so if you want to do that I would love to build the community up even more um and I think that's it yeah I think that's it I don't know what's the matter with my brain it's a new moon I think it's sending me a bit lally. I feel like I've woke up with only half my brain cells and I'm still struggling with the exhaustion that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago like I don't know what's the matter of me. I'm just constantly tired. So I think it's the sertraline because I don't know if I've even told you guys I'm taking sertraline now. I think I have. I think I told you. Yeah, I did. Um, Turns out it makes you really, really tired. So I've started taking it in the evening and it makes no difference. I'm still really tired. So yeah, I'm sorry that this whole thing is a hot mess. Um, But I'll see you next week for a longer episode with a guest. So that'll be exciting. And have a good week. See you soon. Bye.